Cook and Sheriff Cubbage, uh, this community, for those of you who may be new, and I know there's some who are even today new to the area, um, back in February, uh, our community lost a very dear, beloved a friend and an officer in Nick Wynnum. And uh, at that moment in, in our community, and by the way, I, I did ask Kara if she would want to come participate today, and she's out of town. I would have loved to have had her here to, to remember Nick. But at that time, this man that's coming right here, um, evangelist Doug Gokenauer, he serves as the police chaplain for the Stanley Police Department, uh, right, just right down the road, for those of you who may be unfamiliar. And this man became crucial and vital to the spiritual needs of people who are carrying burdens that most of us have no understanding. And there were a few times where, uh, where I'd reached out to this man just to see how he was doing because it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to explain as a pastor or a spiritual leader carrying burdens with people is very weighty. And I knew that this man was carrying a lot. And yet God continued to just so clearly work through his words, work through his spirit, through his encouragement. And uh, man, when we, when we, Doug, when we talked about today, and I just thought who would, who would be the perfect person to speak and share as we talk about hometown heroes. I mean, it's, there's no question it was going to be you. I love you. I do. I know I don't always act like it. Uh, we, we love to tease one another. Um, He's short, so I call him Zacchaeus. <laughs> I'm bald, so he calls me Elijah. And, uh, yeah, so... Go down, bald head. <laughs> Let's not start going there. <laughs> you need to preach. <laughs> but uh, would, you, would you join me in, in praying for Doug before, before he speaks? And uh, thank you for what you've done, my friend, and, and for who you are. And uh, may I ask the Lord to speak through you. Father, you know the message that this body needs today and you have chosen the messenger and i am i am so grateful lord just for the friendship that we have been able to to experience the the camaraderie that that we do understand in in trying our best uh, to be shepherds of your your flock and so father i pray that you would, would allow this man to just speak boldly today Whatever, whatever you desire for, for him to share, Lord, if it's challenging, Lord, I pray that he would not back down. If it's comforting, Lord, I pray that an extra special dose of grace is upon him as a speaker and us as hearers. Lord, I pray that the, your love would be present in every word that is said. Because as we honor these hometown heroes, Lord, I can't I just keep going back to the fact that you... As the fulfillment of everything we honor today, you were rejected. Mm. And yet you pursue us. Thank you for who you are, dear Jesus. Use my dear friend in my heart and in our heart as a church today to speak your message. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm still stuck on that song. That song that is just speaking to my heart. This morning, it's not what I'm preaching on, but I listened to the very beginning of a service this morning from one of the networks, and I don't know, maybe somebody needs to hear this this morning, 
But the message basically said, God is not finished writing the story of your life. And where you thought there was a period, God has put a comma. And that just really spoke volumes to my heart. And I thought about Bo when you said you wanted to take your vest off. You were done. In the moment of your grief, in the overwhelmingness of the situation, God had a comma. And God wasn't finished. And God isn't finished. I'm so honored and just so inadequate to be here this morning. I'm sitting over here and I'm a crying mess once again. I don't know what it is about you people at Mount Carmel, but every time I come here, I just sit and cry. <laughs> I mean, the Sunday after Nick passed, all I could do was sit back there and just weep. I probably should give you all a donation for a box of tissues because I know I went through about 20 that day. Andy, Andy wouldn't even look at me. Andy, he just kept pulling them out and handing them to me. Just kept handing it to me. But I love you all so much, and I pray every time I go by the church, I pray for all of you. I pray for the school because you are a light shining in darkness, and I'm so grateful for that. As I begin today's message, today's message is going to be just a little different for me. Instead of the normal preaching, Brother Mike, I almost feel like I'm sharing a challenge for each and every one of us here today that are gathered. How I love these heroes. You don't know it, but I'm also the chaplain for the Luray Police Department because Bo needs someone short to make fun of also. I would say, though, brother, that it's a good thing you don't need hair gel because Bo has bought it out. <laughs> I was at the wedding reception for Bieber Dean last night, and I texted Bo, and I said, will you dance with me, check yes or no? He said, I'll send Rosalie. So this morning, he waves at me. I said, don't you even wave at me when you wouldn't dance with me last night. You know, isn't it your goal to dance with a tall, ugly police officer? <laughs> oh, I love Bo. I love Chad. I love all these guys. And I'm so grateful that the Lord has just unanticipatingly opened this for me to be a part of a team like this. I, I'm humbled and I'm honored. I go back to really what started the focus and the more full involvement out of ashes comes beauty. There can come beauty. And one of the pivotal points for me in the, the whole horrible unfolding of my brother Nick's passing was when we brought his body back and we were in the parking lot of Bradley Funeral Home. And they asked me to pray before they took his body in. And one of the things that I prayed was this. God, what Satan has intended for evil, you turn around, God, and you use it for your glory and for our good. And I'll be honest with you all, I saw no good, Steve, that could come out of it. But I have watched God unfolding his plan. 
We know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to His purpose. But when you're in the thick of the all things, Pastor Brian, it's very difficult to see how God is involved in it at all. I'm entitled today's message, Freedom's Focus. Freedom's focus, we've got to keep the focus of the very purpose and the very reason God still has us on this earth. As I prayed and sought the Lord as He would possibly have me to share today, I thought about the focus of today's ministry. Of those of you who sacrifice and do sacrifice and have sacrificed their lives daily for the sole purpose of us. For those of us that you don't even know their names. To say that I'm honored to stand here this morning is an understatement. I feel absolutely inadequate in my ability to adequately express, if you will, the gratitude and appreciation to each of you. Heroes of those snatched literally from the fire. Heroes of those whose lives have been and are endangered. Not giving a second thought, but stepping up and doing what needs to be done. Heroes of those who have no voice. Who have lost their voice. Who can't fend for themselves and speak up for themselves. Heroes of the elderly. Heroes of children. Heroes of the innocent. And dare I even say this, Bo. Heroes of the guilty. Heroes of the guilty who have strayed from God's ordained plan for their lives. And stand in need of godly correction, guidance, and counsel. Maybe you don't see that as part of your job description, but God does it. God uses you to help offer them a way out of their darknesses and out of their bondages and out of their struggles and, and into a freedom that can come with right choices. Your heroes chosen, ordained, and handpicked, and equipped, and you're kept, Chad, by the very hand of the sovereign God that you serve the word of God says this in his word greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do whatsoever I call you and henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth but I've called you friends for all things I have heard of my father I've made known unto you and I love this verse you've not chosen me but I've chosen you. You hear that? Now we know this pertains to salvation, and we know that no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draw him, and we know that we have an active will that we have to surrender to God and say yes to God, no to sin, turn from that life, and turn toward the Savior. And yet I know in my heart of hearts that my God chooses, and He draws us, and he calls us, Stevie, into things that make no sense for us to do. That make no sense for us to stay in. 
I remember years ago, Pastor Brian, a pastor that I was under in Harrisonburg, he said there will be days that the only way you'll stay in the ministry is you'll know that you know that you know that you're called. And he said, you'll go back to that. And that is what will strengthen you for the journey. God has chosen the heroes that we've acknowledged here today. But he didn't just choose you. He said, I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. Listen to this part. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before you. But because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, hate, do not hate the world. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, you talked about it, so will they persecute you. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Do you hear that? The persecution is evil. The persecution is horrible. And the lack of support is beyond evil in my eyes. And yet the hatred is coming not from man, but from the hatred that comes from the one who despises your very soul, who devises the very calling on your life, who wants you to stop, who wants you to back down. As I prayed, and after having been asked by Pastor Brian to come and share, and, and so far the lighting is good. Uh, I, I don't know, dim it a little. There is a little bit of a glow extra coming from this side over here. And it ain't the, it ain't the glory, God, brother. <laughs> As I prayed, y'all, when I do that, my grandma's face is right here going, that ain't no way for a preacher to act. She's right here. As I prayed, I felt the clear leading of the Holy Spirit as I was driving. As He gave me the title of today's message. A title that is so timely as we have just observed, as Pastor Brian said, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on the country that has always been the front-line leader of freedom. A title that sounds for the call and presents a challenge to each and every one of us in this room today. Those we've recognized and honored, but to all who know and profess, can I say this, the source of true and lasting freedom. Freedom that the world didn't give to me and the world can't take away. Freedom that comes not when I'm in good health and I'm mobile and I'm doing well and I'm up on the mountain, but freedom that comes from the inside because of the greater one who lives inside of me. Briefly departing from my preaching and returning, I guess you could say to my public speaking days, I thought of the offering of some definitions. What is freedom? It's the state of exemption from the power or control of another. It's liberty, exemption from slavery, servitude or confinement. Reli freedom is personal, it is civil, it is political, and it is religious. Focus, a central point 
of concentration. Honoring, respecting highly and reverencing heroes, a person noted for courageous acts of nobility or character, a person who in the opinion of others has special achievements and abilities. And so today, we've done it. We've acknowledged, and we do acknowledge, and we will continue to acknowledge. Can I get an amen? As long as there is breath in our bodies, we thank you for our service. We are grateful for you and your personal achievements and your, your personal determination. As believers in and followers of Christ, our very lives should reflect and mirror the one who gave his all so that true, real, lasting and eternal freedom could be, has been, and is still being offered to all who will simply by faith believe. I challenge each and every one of us under the sound of my voice. I challenge each of you, the heroes we are honoring today. Oh, I challenge you long-time believers that graduated high school with Moses like Dorothy Rothkamp did. And, 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 and you, know, uh, you know, you'll see him soon. Honey, maybe not. I didn't mean that as prophetic, but uh, nevertheless. But, but, you know, you went to school with Moses, right? I'm sorry, George Washington. I, I, I had her a little bit older than what she was but I challenge you long term believers birthed into the kingdom of God through your faith decision to follow Christ I challenge us with the call to have as our freedom's focus the very one who is freedom's source freedom's foundation freedom's very embodiment Jesus Christ it's how you're going to keep serving. It's how you're going to keep dispelling darkness with the light of His truth. It's how you're going to keep fighting the good fight of faith. And oh, can I say the fight of life? Life is a struggle. And especially lately, I don't even feel like I'm in the same country that I grew up in. I feel like I'm lost. I feel like that old song, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? Lord, the angels beckon me from heaven's golden shore. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. But freedom remains because Jesus remains. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, through our willful choosing to focus and keep our focus on Him, true freedom can be experienced, lived, and not just that, but it can be shared to those who have not yet met Him. Each of you heroes here today at some point willfully chose. You chose your pl to place yourself in the position of providing and offering and attempting to maintain freedom. For those you serve, how strongly I'm reminded that that is exactly what Christ did for me. And so today, in addition to you heroes, we honor our hero, Jesus Christ. The one who laid down His very life for us. That we could have eternal life simply by choosing and focusing in upon Him and asking Him into our hearts, receiving Him 
and being set free by Him. You may be here this morning and you're bound with addictions that people don't know about. Secret sins plaguing your life that you think are hidden, but God has seen it all. And He's wept over you, and He wants you to know that freedom is there and available for you and awaiting you simply by calling upon the name that is above all other names, Jesus Christ. As with Christ, freedom's focus must have, first of all, the plan. This plan laid out by Christ so clearly spoken of as I referenced earlier in John 15 and again verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what my brother Nick did. Unexpectedly. Just that Monday he had laid down his life for me. I had gone down and had dinner with my brother and there was ice outside and I got little man syndrome, y'all. I got a little banny rooster syndrome. I can do it myself. My brother said, do you need me to come back and help you in? I said, no, I'll be all right. So I got back and I got out of my car and the ice had refrozen and I took a step crystal and one foot went that way. And I'll be all right. Took another step, one foot went that way. And I made it about three feet and I just stopped and I said, this ain't going to happen. So I texted Nick. I said, are you on duty? He said, yeah. I said, can you come help me? He said, I'll be right there. You know, when he pulled in, he didn't say, what are you doing out tonight? You know you should be inside. He got out of the vehicle and he said, hey, Doug. Walked me in. We spent an hour talking about the things of God. And when he got ready to leave, he bent down and hugged me. And I wrapped my arm around his leg, not just because I'm short, I was sitting down. But I wrapped my arm around his leg. And I said, I love you, my brother. He said, and I love you. Not knowing those would be our last words. Even then, he was fulfilling the plan of God as he did it unto one of these, the least of his brethren. As I look around this room, I see those of you who time and time again have laid down your lives for me. See those of you who have sown into my life, who have prayed for me, who have fulfilled the very plan of God laying down your lives for all around you. Sunday school teachers that have poured into lives preachers and ministers that have shared the gospel. Oh, the people that get no credit because they're behind the scenes and they're the prayer warriors that are interceding and praying not only for law enforcement and our leaders, but for someone like me. Laying down your lives in sacrificial ways that are nothing short of extraordinary. Without even realizing it, you have lived, verse 14 of John 15, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. God's commanded you to be in the position you're in. It's a calling. You know, we talk about callings on preachers' lives and on ministers' lives, but there are callings to teach. There are callings to be in law enforcement. There, there are callings, thank God, to be plumbers because y'all wouldn't want me to come, and I know you wouldn't want me to work on your vehicle. God gifts us according to His plan. And His plan is for us to be there to aid others, to speak Him into their lives. 
I look around and I see the faithful warriors of the faith, those who have followed Christ, lived Christ, and more importantly, been Christ to me. Little story, I guess it's true. This little girl was having nightmares. And she woke up screaming, and her mother came running in and said, Honey, it's okay, it's okay. She said, Jesus is right here with you. She went back out, and the little girl started having nightmares again, woke up screaming and crying again, and the mother came in reassuring her, Honey, you don't need to be afraid. Jesus is right here. You know these stories always have to have a third time. Well, nevertheless, the third time she woke up, and the mother came in, she said, Honey, I've told you, Jesus is here. And she said, But Mommy, right now I need Jesus with some skin on Him. That's what you are. If you're a born-again believer and you love Jesus and you have Jesus living in you, part of His plan is the realization that you bring Him onto the scene because you're carriers of His Holy Spirit. Oh, we know He's there. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But you're Jesus with skin on Him. Most of you have been that to me at one time or another. The night of the prayer vigil. When I was inside the VFW building, and Pastor Andy was so overwhelmed, Pastor Andy Seastrom, he said, Doug, I've got nothing in me right now. Can you handle the whole thing? And I said, no problem. And I was like, oh, God, help me. And I'm in the VFW building by myself. And here comes Pastor Brian. He said, I just felt led to come in and pray with you. And I just began to weep. As this man held me, I felt the arms of Jesus around me. As this man prayed for me, I felt the empowering of the Holy Spirit coming on me to do and to fulfill the plan that God had for me that night. You know, that's how you're going to keep fulfilling the plan of God is to be filled with His Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. That's how I got here this morning. I got up this morning and everything just started flying apart, Michael. I mean, I tried to get a pair of shoes on and couldn't get the foot in that one, and I'm like, great, and I'm throwing it across the room in my little Manny Brewster rage. And, and, and then the phone rings, and it's a woman from a church somewhere else wanting to tell me somebody has a headache, and I'm like, I don't have time. How real can I be with y'all? I go to use the bathroom and couldn't get my zipper back up. (laughs) And I'm like, oh dear God, wonder. Y'all got a clear podium, I better get it up. (laughs) And I did. At that point I said, all right devil, I've had enough, you just stop now. Things just begin to come into order. Because you see, God had a plan for us to be together today. You know, the devil wants to thwart that plan. That's another sermon for another day. But I love this. Christ offering the freedom plan so clearly spoken of in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. You're not just out there protecting us. You're out there helping to protect those who have lost their way. 
Just the other night, I had a Facebook message. It was when the tornado effects were coming to us. And this man said, I have no place to stay tonight. I said, are you in a car? He said, no. He said, I'm sleeping under the bridge on Main Street. It's like, okay, what do we do, God? And the Lord just began to pull it together. I texted Bo, and Bo sent one of his officers, met me at a motel, and we put the young man up, and he was safe for two nights. See, the plan of God is not just to tell people about Jesus, it's to be Jesus to them. Mm. The plan of God, repentance, turning from the wrong to the right in order to be saved. This, my friend, is God's plan. It's God's freedom's focus. As with Christ, freedom's focus must at all time have at the very forefront of our vision the purpose. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision of Christ. But don't lose your vision of the purpose while you're still alive. My grandma, almost a hundred, in the nursing home and I'd go there every day and every day Sally she'd look at me and she'd say I'm here for a purpose I'm here for a purpose and I would just look at her I thought you can't stand up you can't lift your legs you've got a patch over one eye and you're saying I'm here for a purpose and then one day she started witnessing to the nurses nurse after nurse started coming into the room she led ten nurses to the Lord in her room that day. Earl Painter was walking by, happened to come in, and followed up and baptized six of them. And at the time I thought, I can't remember the last time ten people accepted Christ when I preached. And here's a woman bound to a chair in a nursing home. I'm here for a purpose. Remind yourself today that the hand of God is upon you for His higher purposes. In Luke 19.10, the Bible says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That was me. There are days, it's still me. Grandma used to say, y'all act like a bunch of half-raised heathens. I said, I'm not sure what a heathen was, but I was a half-raised one. Her prayers must have worked, because here I stand behind your see-through pulpit. <laughs> oh my, how very lost so many are in today's world. Lost to addictions that are robbing them of their freedoms. When you arrest someone under meth charges, you're not just getting a bad person off the street. You're trying to bring them into the freedom that Christ offers them. Your calling is far above law enforcement. Your call is that of a spiritual empowering that can point them to Christ. People that are lost to anger that strangles their heart. People that are lost to fear and anxiety and turmoil which look to sin, to medicate, and to escape. Our heroes face this daily. Our heroes deal with these and other hell-based and flesh-fed behaviors which destroy the perpetrators and their victims. And yet the very enemy of our souls, as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. 
Miss Charlotte, I'm glad he is as a roaring lion. He ain't one. Seeking whom he may, not will. Because you see, when we offer the plan of God and we walk in the purpose of God to bring them out of darkness into His marvelous light. Can I say this? And I know you all all agree with me. I have never seen a time where the world is so upside down. Good being called evil. Evil being called good. Okay, I'm going to go off just a little bit, Pastor Brian. Is there a trap door you can push a button if you need to? I made the mistake. I've started watching the news again. And I'm watching this young, beautiful woman in New York who's a politician saying that now if someone rapes someone, they shouldn't be sent to prison. But the rape victim needs to sit down with the rapist and counsel with them. If you've been mugged, you need to sit down with your mugger and help rehabilitate them. You lost your ever-loving mind. You know, when they gave me my chaplain's badge the other week, Beaver Dean said, now this don't mean you can start pulling people over and we ain't going to give you a gun. I said, I got my own. Pistol-packing preacher right here, y'all. I don't have it on today. I know y'all can see through that. Yeah, I'm really stuck on this today. The enemy setting his sights on each and every one within his focus. That's what's going on in our community. It's not just drugs. It's the one who wants hell filled. It's the one who wants people robbed from being brought into the kingdom of God and birthed into the kingdom of God. I've got to remind myself of my purpose that as long, Erica, as there's breath in my body, I've got to keep sharing Jesus. I was faced with that purpose. Pastor Brian, I think today's the day to tell it. I texted him and told him what happened, and he said, oh, can I share this tomorrow morning? And I said, not quite yet. Chad talked about the young man that refused the Lord and walked away. About a month after everything happened, I received the call asking if I would preach a memorial service for him. You know what? The Spirit of God just stirred up in me, and without hesitation, I said yes. But I knew I had to show respect. I went to Kara. I said, are you okay with this? She said, absolutely, Doug. You talk about somebody that's Jesus <laughs> to people around. I went to Beaver. I went to the other guys, and, and they said, yes, Doug, of course. And so I preached a memorial service at Lake Arrowhead. I preached a service to the mother of the shooter who has had death threats on her life because of what her son did. I preached the service to a family that divided and hurting and broken. I preached a memorial service where I had to ask her, do you want police protection? And she wept and said, please. She was scared to death of what might happen even at the service for her son that she loved. And I preached... And five people made decisions for Christ. What Satan intended for evil, God bringing glory out of it. And so there remains Jesus, the sinless one, who became sin for us, 
The one prophesied of and clearly spelled out in Isaiah 53, 4-5. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him, stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Oh, I love this verse. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we're healed. Spiritual healing. It's what we need in our nation. It's what we need in our community. And I thank God right now, I'm not politicking for you, but I thank God for a sheriff that has in God we trust spread right across the vehicles and won't back down from that. Verse 6 there says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. How easy to look at the world and judge. How easy to look at them as not being like us. But how grateful I am for the purpose of our heroes to daily be attempting to turn them to the right as they protect and preserve the right. And yet I think of my own failed life, my own horrible sinful acts that seemingly separated me from hope, leaving me in the graveyard with no hope of a garden. But His purpose, He sought me out. He drew me with cords of love. And as I cried out to Him, repenting and calling upon the name of Jesus, He forgives, He receives, He cleanses, He pardons. Bearing my sins, and yes, it says in the Word of God, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened or made alive together with Him, having forgiven you some trespasses. Thank you. Out of our supernatural and eternal need for supernatural and eternal love, He did this. He saved me. He gave His life for me. I can't comprehend it. I can't understand it. I certainly don't deserve it. But He did it. And as a result, I was plucked from my destination of hell's flames and made a child of God. I meant to look up the Scripture that it talks about like plucking them like a brand from the fire we need that focus again Mike we need that vision again of pulling people out of hell's flames I, I know I'm going a little long today but, but you know what, what are you going to do fire me That story reminded me of a true story I heard from Randy Wilson that works at Wrangler. He had talked to a trucker that years ago had been going down the interstate. I'm not sure where he was. But up ahead of him, he saw an SUV roll and burst into flames. He pulled his rig over. And it's, it's, it's a true story. I asked Randy not long ago. He pulled his rig over and jumped out and ran down. He could tell that the driver, the man, was already dead. But a young teenage girl was in there, seat belted in. And the driver reached into the window. And as he tried to 
pull her, her sweater melted in his hands, and he had her by the shoulders, and he knew he couldn't get her out. And she looked at him, and this is what she said. It's okay. I know Jesus. With that, he had to step back and run back, and the vehicle burst into flames, and she perished. She's with Jesus. Oh, to keep that kind of focus that at a moment's notice we would run and common sense would say, get them out of the fire. Oh, to have that vision of people that are lost. I'm going to skip that other point. We've talked about it a little bit. About the plight you're in right now. I don't want to focus on that. Because sometimes when we focus on the plight, we want to make the flight out of our purpose. But we've got to stand and see the salvation of God with us. I close with this, oh, seemingly simple point. How do we find? How do we see? How do we as believers, as heroes of the faith, as heroes in first responding and law enforcement, how do we maintain, how do we keep freedom's focus in the world we're in right now? It's very simple. Stay focused on the one who is our freedom. I told this to someone the other day. I said, all my life I've heard about the second coming. I've preached about it. I've talked about it. and I, Oh, it's going to happen and these things are going to be happening. It's catching me off guard we're living in it. That it's unfolding before our very eyes. But I said, what does the Word say as we watch supposed freedom being taken as it seems evil is abounding Men's hearts failing them, commotions, earthquakes. How do, what do we do? It says, when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. Your redemption, Rosalie, my redemption. But I want as many out there on these streets to go with me to heaven as possible. And I don't want to stand before God someday and say, hear Him say, Why didn't you share me with them? The person, Jesus Christ, the one of whom it was said in Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty, freedom, those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Luke 4, 18 through 19. All of you heroes we've honored today, write that down and let it become your vision statement. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He's anointed you to preach the gospel in your own way, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty and freedom those that are bruised and are bound. I'm tired, Pastor Brian, of standing beside of a casket of a young person that has overdosed on drugs and they thought they had no hope left in their lives. I'm tired of seeing people go into eternity without Jesus. And I don't know if God will do this or not, Stevie. 
But I've been saying this, God, if it's possible, would you take the remainder, what's left of my life, and make it more fruitful than all the other years put together? I close today's message with a challenge. To the hero sitting here today, to the born-again believer filled with the Spirit of the very God who lives within you, let freedom's focus inspire you, compel you, drive you, and keep you on the path of fulfilling John 15. Abide in me and I in you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. This is my commandment, that you love one another. As I have loved you, go and bring forth fruit. One old song came to my mind. Carolyn, I don't want us to sing it. But this old song just came out of nowhere. It's the last thing I want to share with you. It's called Rescue the Perishing. Rescue the Perishing care for the dying snatch them in pity from sin and the grave weep o'er the erring one lift up the fallen tell them of Jesus the mighty to save and though they are slighting him still he is waiting waiting the penitent child to receive Plead with them earnestly and plead with them gently. He will forgive if they'll only believe. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, cords that will broken. Lives that were broken. Cords that were broken will vibrate. Once more to the glory of God. Let me add that. Verse 4 says, Rescue the perishing. Duty demands it. Strength for thy labor the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way patiently win them. Tell the poor wanderer a Savior has died. Chorus says, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Our calling, not just as first responders in law enforcement, not as frontline health care workers, but as believers. We've got to rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Not give up on those that are lost. Keep praying for your family member that has never come to the Lord yet. Keep believing in faith. You know, the enemy told me after the election, why even bother to pray again? Don't you ever have another prayer vigil? What good did it do? That's what I heard. Little did I know, two months later, I'd be doing a prayer vigil over Nick. And we had maybe five people accept the Lord that night. Rescue the perishing. And I can stand here today and make assumptions. I can stand here today and I can look out. And we're all pretty and church-like. 
but I've been where you're sitting and I have sat in church with the mask on. Everything's fine. I'm good. How are you today? Oh, wonderful, brother. How are you? And I'm lying and my heart is breaking because of secret struggles, private sin, sorrows that are threatening to swallow me up, the threats of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy me. And so now I know what it's like to sit there and pretend. But I also know what it's like when I've been in services where by God's grace, through whatever person was speaking, He offered me hope. He offered me His hand of saving grace. And, and He brought me out of a horrible pit and He set my feet upon the rock that is Jesus Christ. He set me free. It's the reason He came. To seek and to save the lost. And it's what His Word promises. That He will set us free as we call upon His name. Would you bow your heads with me?